Hello. Oh my God, hi. Your shows are what, like 11 o'clock at night? My whole life is turned around. <laughs> Happy to know that there's somebody from Canada in the audience. Do you speak French yet? We're getting there. Do you speak French? No. Okay. Every person I know that's bilingual, more than two languages. Ba oui, ba 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 ba. Wild. Insane. Ow. Some people's brains are just wired that way. I remember choreography. <laughs> putting your faith in yourself, trusting the universe. So I was like, this girl has to come on. Like, and you're just putting in the work now that's like already been considered. Yep, there, there it is. Yep, 100%. But you're like the first overseas guest. I also feel like you have a perfect personality for a podcast. You can be a host, you can be on TV, people that could just talk and talk and talk and talk. I have shit to say. And I know you do. It's so good. I'm so happy you're doing it. For that effort. Excuse me. Milo, I love that you're celebrating this with me, but I need you to be quiet. Welcome to Divine Whining, the podcast for the evolved basic bitch. Hi guys, it's Kristen DL. We're back, back, back again on another beautiful Wednesday, even though we record this on Monday today, but that's okay. I am so excited. I have my first overseas guest, even though she's a Toronto girly and that's where I know her from. She is out in Paris, living her best life, dancing at the Moulin Rouge, it's not Becky with the good hair. It's Miss Allie Goodbun. Hi. Hey. <laughs> not a stage name. Not a no, stage not name. name. Real name. Real name <laughs> is Allie Goodbun. Could not be more fitting. I like, it's funny. I was on your TikTok the other day because I, because yeah. when I obviously like, I wanted to just like, I always check in on my friends and see how they're doing, but I, w I hadn't gone on your TikTok before and I was like, okay, TikTok star. But also the amount of comments of people were being like, I thought it was a stage name. It is so funny. Like I, I, I think I'm going to take it to the grave. Well, I am going to take it to the grave, but um, <laughs> jokingly, like everybody thinks my last name is just some type of stage name that I've made up. And I'm like, surely not. I could probably think of a better stage name than Good Bun. I guess it's unique in a sense, but I did get very lucky. My parents put me in dance is all I have to say. Yeah, you're like, I, you're like, I was, I was literally born for this. I was <laughs> like, I was born to be a dancer. <laughs> so I had, I had mentioned that uh, Ali and I actually met at Soul Cycle. So you were... God, I think like I have, we have so much ground to cover because truly so, much, <laughs> so ground. much ground to cover because I mean, you worked front desk at Soul Cycle, but that was obviously not your identifier at whatsoever because you were already like making moves at that time. You'd been, were you, you had been on, it was called the next step, wasn't it? Yeah. You'd so been I on did, the next step yes. as Cassie. Yes. Um, yeah, she was on a TV show for those that are like a dance TV show. Um, and then you were at Seoul and I was like, who is this beautiful, like oh. giant model that is working front desk at Soul Cycle? And that's how we met. And it turns out that, yeah, not only does she have great hair, a great last name, but she's also as good as she could come. And you've just been killing it since then. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was like, those were my years of just like, I think taking a chill pill for a second I went from like when I was 15 16 I recorded the next step filmed the mm -hmm. next step in Toronto and it was amazing I absolutely loved it and it kind of made me fall in love with like the idea of becoming a professional in that world and like in the dance and film industry if if I could say but basically I had a few years doing that in high school and went back to my small hometown which is two hours from Toronto to finish and graduate and go to prom and do all the normal things uh one does and then i was like i need to go right back to the city i loved it so much so i ended up at university of toronto just studying kinesiology which was something i had thought about for a really long time and i definitely knew i didn't want to go to school for dance um because i didn't want it to become like every hour and every ounce of me i wanted to be able to like still love it and still like crave to do it and i just figured if i was doing it all the time that wouldn't necessarily be the case so to school for something else and then also in that i was like you know what i think i should just get like a normal job like i had never written like i was on a tv show as a kid like i had never had a normal job before so i just applied at the front desk of a bunch of gyms and soul cycle was recommended to me by a friend and it was the best those years at soul cycle were so fun and yeah. for what i consider like a more normal job i guess it was like the amount of people i met and connections i made you being one of them was just like something i took and ran with it and i'm so happy we've stayed connected and been able to follow yeah. up how many years ago later i think that like i've talked about soul cycle a lot on this podcast the good and the bad and the ugly <laughs> um but i think 
what I remember the most from meeting you at that time, like, again, like, I don't want to make this about like your looks, like you're, you're, you're stunning. Like, let's just not like beat around the bush here, but it wasn't the way that you physically looked. It was like your energy. Like you, you are truly like just as beautiful on the inside as you are on the outside. And I think that like that, like I said, that goodness just always sort of shone through you. And it's interesting because like I had no, I knew that you were on the next step, but I had no idea that you had been in film and TV since you were a kid, which Let's be honest, a lot of people that grow up that way are little brats, like little brats and have terrible attitudes and entitlement. And I think it's actually, well, again, it just goes back to been saying about the goodness. It speaks volumes about your character that you're like, I want to have a normal job. And you work at the desk, which let's be (laughs) honest, a lot of people would turn their nose up at like handing people shoes and spraying them and doing all these things like... Like people go to work the front desk at SoulCycle. Like, yes, they can say for the culture, but more often I'm air quoting, by the way, I always do this. Like people can see me. Um, people go for the culture, but they want to maybe eventually be an instructor or they want to meet famous people that go ride or they want like, it's never so much of like, I just want to have a job. Yeah. I think literally. it's amazing that that's like, that was your MO. It You're like, no, I just want to have a job. Like- yeah, and it was humbling. Like for like you said, spraying shoes, taking people's sweaty shoes, like sweat towels. I was emptying those sweat towel bins for I think it was two years. I was there, like on another level of like normal job in a sense. But like on the flip side of it, it was so amazing. Like I said, to meet people and do all the things. But I had no idea what I was walking into, other than the fact that like I could get some free classes out of it and. Mm-hmm meet some new people but besides that i was humbled by cleaning bathrooms and sweat towels and shoes and the whole show. <laughs> no the best the best is the lost yeah. and found is when someone's like can you go look through the lost and found and it's like all these like waterlogged bags of sweat and then like, you have stocks. to open the bag and it's like three week old sweat like in your nostrils oh. and you're like that and you're like trying to like peel through you almost need like need tongs to just like <laughs> take out the sweaty clothes because they're like it's black you're like i lost black lululemon lemon leggings and a black sports bra you're like oh good <laughs> good 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 great i'll, uh, I'll look four thousand in the back literally literally oh those were the those days, were the days. <laughs> yeah i will never forget that experience but i'm happy that was in the past and it was experienced for the reason of laughing about it now but you're like and here we are um yeah, yeah so like I think, again, I think that we talked about this lightly before we started. You were such a, like, embodiment of somebody who's like, no, I have dreams and I'm going to have them. Like, and I'm going to get there. And again, it sounds like you, even more than than I knew about, but you started very successful. So you were, you were set up for success, but I also know how, um, volatile the industry is and just because you've had good moments or breaks does not mean that that success remains so i'm really curious like in your human experience you you did you did childhood tv you did the next step you went to soul cycle when were you like i want to start being in more films i want to move to paris and work for the moulin rouge like where did all of those dreams come from like and how early on how did you manifest them what did you do i'm like tell me everything i'm curious (laughs) it's really hard to dissect because i don't i don't necessarily like have somebody in my life specifically that i've like been able to watch and like follow if that makes sense i think a lot of people have like mentors or role models and they like literally follow in their exact footsteps and just mimic what they're doing, but in their own industry, if that makes sense. And I didn't necessarily have that. So whenever I really try to think about this and dissect it, I'm like, to be honest with you, like there was nobody I was watching and following. I think I was just really, really influenced by people that like made me feel something that was like inspirational Mm. or motivational from like a distance. Like I'm talking like people like Lady Gaga or like yeah. um, I am a diehard Shania Twain fan. And I've just like, I've looked up to like certain people that are like very far and like famous and very well known. But then also there's like random people in my life. Like I have an older cousin and she's just like a business woman. Like she mm. is CEO, like she is that. So like, I feel like I just have different people and different avenues, avenues of my life that mimic what I want to be in a sense, but in my own way, I guess. And it's not just solely one person. So I don't know. Also, I think the idea of like growing up in a small town, I grew up in Woodstock, Ontario, which is two hours from Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing in Woodstock. We have a Walmart, we have two high schools and we have a gas station. Like there's 
nothing in Woodstock and a single dance studio. And that's the dance studio I grew up going to. Nobody that I can recall has come from Woodstock that has like made it big. Like there's not anybody like, again, I can follow in their footsteps or watch and kind of see what they did. And I think just like always knowing that I'm from a small town, there's not too much going on here. I kind of always had this like urge to get out and like do more and see more and like grow beyond my little small town borders. You're speaking line. my language right now, by the way, I'm like all yes. aligned. <laughs> I honestly think a lot of people can relate to this feeling that like have ambitions to do something bigger, but come from a place where like the ambition doesn't really exist there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like I grew up dancing and I, I've been dancing since I was five and at a pretty competitive level. Like I'm, I know you did competitive dance growing up. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's a whole world of its own and it can be very much the dance mom side of things, but there's also a I've whole been other watching side that show. I've been rewatching dance moms <laughs> and living my toxic era. <laughs> they put it on Disney and I was like, my life's over now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that's a whole dance world of its own but then there's also yeah. a very like healthy side to the dance world that i just don't think is touched on a lot these days since the dance mom days because it's just seen so dance mom like i think and yeah. there's this whole healthy side to it where it's like i don't know being put in dance like it made me really love music it gave me like a community and a community of like girls which was like really important i think yeah. from the get-go i it like boosted me in a self where i could like I could experience what it felt like to be a part of a team, but also do solos and like be an individual. So like different side, there's so many things you learn from just being in a standard it dance class. It teaches you discipline. It teaches you, it teaches you discipline. It oh teaches my. you, it teaches you how to emote. It actually gives you permission to use your body and your feelings for something proactive, exactly. which like, exactly. I think, I mean, we know we live in a world where we're told to censor ourselves all the times. And, and it, yeah. it, it's, it's really truly one of the most beautiful forms of expressionism. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. it's full body healing is what it is yeah. yeah yeah and it's like it does so much for your soul but also obviously your like physical body it keeps you healthy it keeps you in shape mm -hmm. it keeps you moving but like you're not even paying attention to the fact that you're moving or working out because it's just so enjoyable i don't know and i just i really like got into that zone and i loved the way it made me feel it i loved the culture around my dance studio i grew up with some of, like the best dance teachers so like they were very like motivating and inspiring in a sense and just like I don't know. I just had a very good experience in my childhood with dance. But that being said, because it was a very good experience, I didn't necessarily like, I don't know. I wasn't like, like patted on the back every single time I did stuff. Like I really had to learn, like if I didn't win my solo this weekend, it's okay. Like it doesn't matter. Like I wasn't put down for things like that. Like it wasn't that unhealthy dance mom side of things, I guess you could it say. It wasn't Abby Lee Miller telling you that you're at the bottom of the pyramid. No, it wasn't <laughs> that. But I yeah. learned, like, it was a humbling feeling of being like, it's okay, maybe next time. Like, it was very healthy. And I That's think that was, that was, like, so amazing. I'm so grateful for that. Now, looking back, I'm like, some people had such different experiences, and especially being a professional now in the dance world, it's, like, hard to even listen to some people's stories. I'm like, how the frig are you yeah. here? Like, how the heck yeah. did you make that happen from experiencing that? Cause I definitely wouldn't have stayed in dance if that was my experience. So it's very different in a sense. And I'm very lucky to have experienced it that way. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like having that experience as a child and then growing up into this world of like, I was led quite well through my teenage years. I think with my mom as a teacher, she was really adamant that I go to university for something not dance related. She's like, you love dance you're so good at it you're super passionate about it find something else that you're just as passionate about that you can get a like a that's a super smart degree, yeah which was like i cannot thank her enough for persuading me to do something different because it really opened my eyes to like what it means to like do real essays and like i know people do that like real essays and like dance programs and stuff but like right. talking about different topic in depth as much as i did in a university degree in kinesiology like it has kind of something to do with dance because you're still talking about the body so it relates to a sense and i was right. still really interested in it but it gave me that sense of like oh there's so much more out there that i really like that i am good at and it just made me open my mind to so many other possibilities and things and i don't know now owning a business and now living abroad and now like I'm a dancer, yeah. but I'm also like always seeking like podcasts and like things where I can speak. And like, it just, she's it's always going is basically you can hear her. I'm like, she's like the brain never stops. She's always like the next thing. No, but that's, it's like amazing. No, it's, yeah, yeah, but again, like, I get it. And you know, you said something really early on when we were talking about the fact that like you, um, that 
your mom and you were like, I wanted to go for some, go to school for something that wasn't just dance related because every facet of my life at that point has been, had been dance. And it's funny because like I did something really similar where like every facet of my life had been music and dance. Like I was for all intents and purposes supposed to go to school for like classical music, classical violin. And I remember being in my audition and just being like, I don't want to do this. And I like self-sabotaged and everything because it was just not, it was so special to me. Like it, yeah. like it healed me a lot through my childhood being able to play music. And again, that expressionism of putting trauma into something like, I mean, music is, it is like so emotive. Right. And so it, I put so much of myself into that growing up that when I ended up thinking that that was going to be my full-time job, there was like this block that went up where I was like, absolutely not. This yeah. is some, this is a safe space. This is supposed to be special for you. And then I did the same thing where I was like, I need to have a normal year and like not go to school. And then I went to school for music theater and film because it ended up being like, again, a version of what yeah. I had passion for, but then, you know, ultimately was just, yeah, it was something different. And I think it's really interesting when you do that though, because I don't know about you, but for me, I found that like going to something that like I really enjoyed, but wasn't like, I will, I will die if I don't do this. Something about that took all the pressure off and actually allowed me to thrive in that experience way more than I think I would have had I gone to school for violin or had I gone for something that was like, you know what I mean? Because it would have been the be all end all to me. And I probably would have ended up hating it. Exactly. And I, I honestly take that with me. I think about it so often. I'm like, thank God I found something that like is a version, but it's not it because I think it's so important to like, I guess people say like have a plan B or have something in your back pocket. But like, in a sense, like it gives me so much confidence in my dance, like in my role as a professional dancer to know like when my body cannot do this anymore, or I'm just like, I'm not interested in it anymore. I have like three or four things I'm I'm good at. I know I'm good at. I've practiced. I've studied that like I can fall back on and like start fresh, but like also have the confidence in something else. Like I think that's so important. And I don't think a lot of people think of the long term in that sense. Yeah, I, I've talked about it a lot on here as well, too, where it's like you never really realize, like I always, I call it like my net principle. Like you're building a net, like a metaphorical net for yourself from basically like childhood where you're acquiring all of these skills, these experiences, friends, like whatever it happens to be, where you're essentially weaving your own personal net until you get to a point in your life where you can just like release and you can fall back and that net's always going to catch you. And like, I feel like even though, you know, cause I mean my own career, like I went from being like, I'm going to be a musician and then it was like, oh, I'm going for music theater school. And I dabbled in that and I worked a little bit afterwards. And then I moved into doing fitness. But if I really, and now I'm into like tarot reading and, and mediumship for people and, and coaching through mediumship and channeling um, from like a very intuitive place. And it might seem all very random, but if you actually look at like the connector pieces, they actually all do connect. Music and dance led me to theater. Theater and all of the dance and the music led me to wanting to teach people about how to take care of their body. And then there, that connection to all of that led into me wanting to help people on a deep soul level. Like it's all connected. It is. It really is. And yeah, I just, I think it's so important. And I think that's a very good metaphor and a very good way to put it for sure. And I'm, I feel like I'm trademark that shit. It's going in the book. (laughs) It's going in the book. (laughs) You know, before I, before I got into, before I, I was like, Allie's totally going to write a book. Like, let's be honest. Like, I know you, you're like a, you're like a goal getter dream girl. Like you do the, you, you like, I know you vision board. I know you like, I know that is like an, like a part of you. Um, and I, as I was like getting ready and setting up the pod, I was like, oh, she's totally gonna, like, if she hasn't already started, she's gonna write a book. And I don't know why, but like, well, I do know why, but like, I had this like little voice in my head that was like, she needs to call her book. Yes, you can, can. (laughs) (laughs) Which I was like, probably is going to be the title of this podcast episode. (laughs) It's uh, yeah, I can say (laughs) that's a very, very, very accurate guess. (laughs) you don't have to you don't have to spoil it um but i was like i feel like literally like the, we're on the that is like the the yeah. energy of <laughs> like the motivational book that ali goodbun is going to release to the world uh, when she's taken over i all i can say is that picture of that book is on my vision board for 2024 so it's a very accurate guess on your part 
thank you so yeah, much for everything you I'm I saying really it here first because I haven't said it, but look out for it because it's coming. But the book that I'm going <laughs> to write one day is called Intuition. I love that. I love it. And it's basically like my how to get into understanding the metaphysical. That's and it's so called Intuition. I yeah. I love it. You heard it in your first trademark, which is nobody take that. Um, <laughs> Because I will come for you. This is a recording, which means it is intellectual property of moi. Thank you. <laughs> the copyright at the bottom of all of the podcasts now states that I own that shit. Um, but yeah, I think that I, I like. I actually do want to touch on that. You, just the vision board, dream boarding thing, because it kind of goes back to what I was talking about manifesting. Like when, when did that part of you start? I don't have a. I like. I can't think of an exact time. But like one thing, I've actually heard this on another podcast, somebody saying this, and I could not have related more to it is like, I have never had like a point in my life where when somebody asked me like, oh, what are you going to be when you're older? Mm. And ne there was never a piece of me that was like a nine to five job, like ever, no, ever, ever, same. ever, ever. Same. And yeah, ever. And I th I just, I weirdly remember somebody asking me that like in kindergarten and we had to do like this whole little project on like what you wanted to be when you're older and like da 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 da. It was obviously a kindergarten project and it was nothing, but I just remember being like, I have no idea slash like nine to five is just not going to happen. It's not going to be a thing for me. And I just, I also remember like really connecting with people that like had an impact on other people. Like I, mm -hmm. I really look up like a few celebrities that come to the very forefront of my mind is like, um, I love Julianne Huff. Like love her. I love what she stands for. I love like the way she expresses herself. I love her energy. I love what she does. I love like the avenues she takes with like her career. I just genius. I love what she does. Another person is Shania Twain. I know she's a musician, but I just love how she's kept like she's so proud of where she's from and she's kept that however far she's gone. She's like, I am from Timmins, Ontario. She like lets everybody know that she's been a small town girl that's like made it. And another person is Lady Gaga. I just love how she's like so accepting. So like, I'm here for everybody. There's no border. Like I just, there's pieces of people that I've just taken and I'm like, I relate to that so heavily. And I just feel so connected to people like that, that just like are very heard. And I've, I don't know. I just yeah. feel like I've always had this feeling of being exactly that, but in my own way. And I had no idea how it was going to come out and how it was going to evolve, if it was going to ever evolve. But I just knew it was like, it was going to happen at some point. That's the magic right there though. I've been actually talking about this a lot lately with my clients and also just yeah. reminding myself in this like deep time of transition is that it's not about the how, it's about the desire. That is literally the definition of manifestation is that you you don't have to worry about how you get there. All you need to worry about is how much you want it. And if you're like, and want it and breathe it and live it and feel it in your body, like it's already yours. And just like knowing, like to your point, you're like, I'm not gonna have a nine to five. I was the same, I was like, I'm gonna be my own boss. Like even yeah. when I was a kid, I was like, when I was a very young child, I had very clear, like, clear like messages in my own head feeling knowing whatever you want to call it where I was like there's going to be a time where everybody knows my name yeah and it's like and, and it's just I don't know how I'm going to get there and it's not from like the level of like me wanting to be super famous like it had no. it was just like there, people are going to know who I am and I'm going to matter to people yeah and and again it can be you can call it delusion but I do feel that like it's that is the most successful people in the world just have that like the desire and the how figures itself out. Yeah. It's so, and it's, it's so true. Yeah. And it just, it really is one of those things where you just, the second you start to try to plan it, action it, fight it, force it, whatever it is, is when we yeah. get in those cycles of, well, failure, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think it's hard when people ask like, well, like, how do you feel that? Or how do you know that? It's like what you just said. It's it literally just like is like, I don't know how to explain it. Like you just, yeah. you feel it and it like never goes away and yeah. you don't have to figure out how it happens. You just know, like you desire to be something or do something in that realm of being known or whatever in a, in a mm -hmm. humble way. But yeah. Yeah. You just, you don't know how, and you don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain the feeling. It's just like, it's a thing that I just know is happening, will happen. I don't know. We'll just can kind of continue to go exponentially and 
I don't know how it's going to, but it will. And, and like, look, look, like, and it, and it will like, and it has for you because of that knowing and that feeling and just driving from that place of desire, obviously. But if there is like such a big difference and I think that it does get really convoluted. And I said this on the last pod episode, especially as women, women mm-hmm. are the first to be like condemned for believing, believing that we are truly worth our weight in gold because you know we've had it's kind of an uphill battle over here and like that's i get it there's much more struggle but i'm talking about female struggle right now exclusively but i kind of digress point being is that like there's a difference between like being successful and knowing you're going to be successful and allowing yourself to be successful and people often conflict that or confuse that with being arrogant and it's like no i can want all the money in the world i can want all the recognition for my work i can want people to know my name that doesn't mean that i'm arrogant yeah yeah so on that note what have you in your lifetime so thus far because i know Mm -hmm. i've truthfully struggled with it very heavily finding the balance between saying those like statements of I will have this or I do I I do deserve this um how have you found the balance of like weeding out the people that like sort of condemn you for it versus surrounding yourself with the people that are like no bitch you got this yeah it's honestly it's been more telling in the past like two years honestly since moving to Paris than it like ever has um I don't, I don't know why. I also think it's an age thing. I think it's also where I am at in my career. I'm also, I'm a dancer. Again, I'm surrounded by girls and girls are, can be very catty, can be very sweet, can be very supportive, can be supportive yet. Can, like, you know, girls are girls. Yeah, we're, they're, we're either the most uplifting or we're the yeah. worst thing you can be around. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. I just think also I've learned this. Well, I learned this from childhood as well. Like being in the dance world, I did say like, it was a very healthy situation, but I really like picked my people, I think. And I stuck with those people. Like, and I, mm. like I, my mom and I are super close, but my mom, moms are always right. Moms always, moms know. are always right. And they're always right. And I just remember like growing up in the dance competition world and my mom, like kind of not really wanting me to give certain people the time of day. And like, I still would, but she'd be like, okay, but like, I don't know, like not watch out, but like kind of just like yeah. think about it. Um, like protect your energy. People, literally protect your energy, protect yourself, protect yeah. your energy. And like my mom would kind of always have that like second eye of just like, okay, but like blank. Anyways, and she was just always right. Like in the long run, like two years later, that person would not be in my life anymore because they said something to me or did something to me or didn't support me doing this when I supported them, whatever. Like just never gave that energy back or like never, I never, like it wasn't reciprocated at all. So I don't know. I just feel like I've learned quite well from being very close to my mom and that being just like a very natural thing to me now growing up with that, like, idea of that not everybody's going to be on your side and also yeah. like not everybody has to be your best friend like i i really don't give people i give everybody the time of day but i really yeah. don't put effort towards people that don't give it back to me like and i just mm-hmm. know like if somebody gives me something they are going to get the exact same if not more back from me because i know how important it is to be on the other side of it so um, i'm snapping and- over here <laughs> snaps I- yeah and just since moving abroad it's been like I moved to Paris two years ago from Toronto and I was in Toronto for six years and loved it, but needed a change. And when I came over here, it was like starting fresh. Like you moved to a new country, like not close to Canada, not even on the same like body of land. Like it's a different life. And thankfully Mm -hmm. I walked into a job where like, it was already a curated group of friends. There's about 80 of us in the cast and we're all from all over the world. I've got majority of my friends are Australian. Uh, we've got some Americans, we've got some other Europeans, obviously some French, we have some British, like they're from all over. And it's so nice because we're all living here in Paris and we're in the same boat. We're figuring it out together. We all live abroad. We all kind of speak French, not really. Like we, we little, have all, you have your own little expat community. You have like a little expat community. Own, exactly. And we're just, we're yeah. all in it together in a sense. And so it's nice to be able to like, know, okay, like all of these people are in this exact same boat as me. Like, let's figure this Mm -hmm. out. And like over the past two years, like since obviously I kept my, my group big because we were all in the same boat, but as time has gone on, I've been like, actually, even though we're in the same boat, we don't really see eye to eye. Yeah. That's enough. Like I've really picked my group and I have always, since I was a kid, kept my friend group super small. I'm very Mm -hmm. much so like an individual friend kind of girl I love one-on-ones like going for coffee with one friend 
is like like everything to me. I love it. It makes me feel so good. I get like time with that person and they get my full attention and vice versa. It's really the best in my situation. I'm not a party girl. I'm not a group friend group kind of girl. Never had like, a quality. Girl. You're a quality over quantity person. Yeah, yeah. And I actually just, I had this conversation with a friend yesterday and said quite literally that on the phone to them. I was like, yeah. I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm a point in my life where I'm very choosy about where my energy goes, which, yep. and it's not like you're not good enough for me. That's, it has nothing to do with that kind of energy. It just has to go with, to your point, to summarize it. It's like, I give, when I love, I love big. It doesn't matter if it's your, my friend, my family, my, my partner, like, it's like, you get all of me and yep. I don't expect all of you back, but I sure expect all of that energy when we're exchanging energy. You know what I mean? Like it's, and of course, like it's a give and take, like there's going to be times when you have to show up for people more, all this sort of stuff. But I am very particular about where my energy goes now. And that's something that I think just honestly organically happens as you get older and wiser and Agreed. realize that uh, people often will see uh, very empathetic, loving kind overly supportive people and latch on to that energy it's like they see the light in you and they want yes. some of that light for themselves and then you just realize that you're sort of dealing with an energy but energetic succubus <laughs> and you're like and it's and they're hard lessons to learn too exactly. they're har even harder when you're when you're a really kind person that can yeah. objectively see both sides of situations too yeah and I like, it's one of those things that like, yes, you grow, like you have to grow relationships to really see like where they're flourishing and like who that person is and like what they give you and what you need to give them. Like you really have to grow with somebody in a sense and it does take time. But I honestly would say like, if I meet somebody and I sit down for a coffee with them for the first time within the first five minutes, I know if we're going to click or not based yeah. on their response, their body language, their like reciprocation of a questions and answers. Like I just know. And it's like, it's super weird. And I've actually had an experience with this this past month, I, a girl reached out to me on Instagram and she was like, Hey, I've moved to Paris. I'm also a Canadian. I live a block away from the Moulin Rouge. Do you oh, want to cool. get a coffee? And I was like, sure. So we went yeah. for coffee first five minutes. I could tell this girl is, she'll be at my wedding one day. Like she will be yeah. there. She like, I just, I, I just feel it. It's so strange. And I, but that's I not strange to me. I'm like, that's just intuition. That's just, you knowing yourself, that's you listening to your guides, that's you having a deep understanding of what's good for your soul. And just being like, I'm going to operate from auth Like I say this all the time, operating from authenticity only. Yes. And like, you are very comfortable. And it's, again, it's really beautiful. I think that's why, like, when I, again, when I go in full circle, when I met you at Soul Cycle, I was like, this girl is beautiful. And I don't just mean like visually, like you're beautiful because you, you, even at that point, you op you've always operated from a place of like full transparency, full honesty. This is who I am. I'm very comfortable with who I am. I like know energetically what I have to offer. And again, you can attract a lot of duds with that, yeah. but you also know right away when you align with somebody, it's like, yeah. you can't, that's something I'm preaching, literally preaching all the time to people. I'm like, you don't waste time when you operate from that place. Exactly. Like, and you will feel I it. It'll be like you're regurgitating energy. If you're dealing with somebody that doesn't feel good to you. Exactly. That's exactly it. And I think like back to your original question, like, I feel like I've just become so aware of that since moving to Paris of like mm. the people I can fully be myself and like fully just yeah. like tell them who I am and tell them my goals and tell them like what I've been doing without, and they don't take it as like, Oh, I'm jealous of her or, Oh, she's just bragging about that. Like they don't take it as that. They like genuinely see like, Whoa, she's got a list of shit she needs to like, do. This is fucking cool. You're like, this like, cool, This girl is cool. You're like, I want more of that energy. You know what I mean? And also, I feel towards other people when I meet them. I'm like, wait, you moved to Paris with no job lined up, da da da, or whatever it was. Yeah. And like, I'm like, wait, tell me your ways. Like, how does your brain work like that? Like, how did you, how do you have the motivation? To, like, I want to learn from them. And I think the people that really see my interest in that about them and them being their wholeheartedly self, they see it back with me. And I just think like, that's where a good friend, like that's where a good friend is. And that's how a friendship properly evolves in a good friendship. But I just think like, because I've run into so many people that like have truly accepted who I am and like understand who I am, know mm. that like I have this list of things that like I want to do, need to do, like desire to do, plan to do. They take that as like, holy shit, like that's like motivating and inspirational, not like, whoa, she's bragging or she's whatever and those have been like my closest friends and i can i can list like 
10 right now that like I could go and have a coffee with and tell them all my goals for 2024 and they'd feed right off of it. And then I'd be able to feed off right back. Like, it's just so nice to know. And I think I've just become so aware of that the past two years. And it's such a good feeling. I love that. It's just like really leaning into, well, it's just like really leaning into like finding people that, that do elevate and support you that way. You know, I, one of the things I, and again, I had this conversation with a client, a coaching client this morning and funny enough, mm-hmm. had the same conversation with somebody yesterday. So, cause it's, it's also been a common theme in my life. So I don't know about you, but growing up, like I was like, and I think I actually, I already know this about you. You're definitely just one of those kids. And you were one of those kids that was just like inherently good at shit. Like, I I know this, like, I know that like, if you decided you were going to be good at it, you were really, really good at it. And I was one of those two, which set me up for a lot of hate, a lot of bullying and taught me really, really early on, like in my, in my way. And it, it, it did set me back for a number of years. I even was still dealing with this when I was at soul cycle and like all of these things where I was afraid to be good because I didn't want want other people to hate me for it or to condemn me for it. So I I played very small for a really long time. Um, And I was on the phone. Sorry, say that again. And it's so unfortunate that like that is a feeling for, it's a feeling for a lot of people. And it's, it it naturally is like your instinct. You're like, wait, like I'm being too much right now. Like it's, it's straightforward. You shouldn't feel like that. But I, I totally understand where you're coming from. But it's something that like I personally have like really started to get over. Well, clearly, um, because I, I'm out here thinking that people want to listen to me yammer for 50 minutes every Wednesday, but Hey, it's working. Um, but it's, uh, I, I was having this conversation with a coaching client this morning and also piggybacking off a conversation with a friend, sir, please. Thank you. The dog always wants to get involved. Milo. Again, I don't know why I try to talk to him. He's deaf. Um, but here we are. Uh, I feel like he can energetically pick up the fact that he's not supposed to, cause he's like half barking. He's like, yeah. I was like, no, sir, I'm going to prod you. Um, okay. What I was trying to say for the third time now was that to my friend yesterday on that topic of like being confident and being open, I have often found myself recently starting to say something that could sound again, air quoting sound like I'm being cocky. And I yesterday, and I had this same conversation with a client this morning, who's struggling with the same sort of issue where they're like, I just, I have, cause I told them to journal and write down things about themselves that they're proud of. Cause they're trying to work through some issues of self-worth. And I was like, you got to write it down and say it and do it until you feel it in your body and you believe it. And then you got to do it again. And then you got to do it again until it's no longer like part of you that self does no longer part of you but I said something to a friend the other day where I was like I meant to say like I I'm I I essentially was trying to say I'm really cool Milo yes he's agreeing with me um but as I started to say that I I was like I'm gonna say something that sounds really cocky and I'm and I was like no and I stopped myself I was like no I'm not going to apologize for being proud of who I am. I'm not going to be apologized for being successful I'm not going to apologize I was like I'm done doing that but it is an active practice of like catching yourself and knowing that in honoring those parts of yourself where you're going to actually probably offend some people that it doesn't matter because those people are very much not your people. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I feel like I've learned that through being around people that are like, for one, like we have a mutual friend, his name's Chris and he like, wholeheartedly like he knows he is like such a good looking guy he's super outgoing he's so nice he's so successful like he's all these amazing qualities and he knows that like and he oh this is magic chris is human magic and he knows that about himself and he makes sure he always says like if i don't know if i can't like tell myself and like show myself that i'm good how the heck are other people gonna like see how good i am in a sense and Throughout the pandemic, Chris and I got close because we both lived in downtown Toronto. We were both teaching virtual classes of some sort. And we got really close because we're the only two that um, out of our, like our kind of our group of friends that wanted to go for coffee still and wanted to just like spend time together and whatever else. And I think being around that really taught me like, wait, like him saying that it does not come off as arrogant at all. It's like, he's like so confident and it's so like, it's like a, it's an attractive quality in a friend, if that makes yeah. sense. Like I like being yeah. around people that like know their worth, like show their worth, 
but so, in such a confident way that it's just naturally not arrogant. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it does make sense. But isn't it funny how it's like an attractive quality to see in other people, yet we're so afraid to do it ourselves. Yep. Like when you look at somebody doing that, you're like, oh my God, like I yeah. admire that. Like, well, again, you're talking about Lady Gaga or Shania Twain or Julianne Huff, and you're just like, God, these people are like trailblazers to me. And I, I am like modeling my existence after this, but then we can still find ourselves being afraid to be like, no, I'm the fucking shit. Exactly. <laughs> like I deserve everything that's coming my way because I work my ass off and I'm a good person and I, you know, have goals and dreams and aspirations. And just because I have goals and dreams and aspirations doesn't mean that it diminishes your goals and dreams and aspirations. Yeah. We can both yeah. do it, but we exactly. have this like weird little blockage that gets in our way and it doesn't matter. And again, I'm saying this from a coach perspective, like I'm a coach that helps people get through these things. It doesn't mean that I don't suffer from it too. It's like, it is so crazy what human conditioning can do to us to make us believe yeah. that we are not worthy of the things that are fully within our right to have. Oh, it's so bizarre. But I have actually have a very good example of this. I oh, went to Paris coming into this job. This was my Dancing at the Mulan. It was like my first professional contracted job in front of a live audience, meaning like we do two shows, six nights a week. It's a lot of dancing. It's a lot of work. And like, mm -hmm. obviously taking care of yourself is a huge thing, like da, 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 da. But like a huge aspect of it is like the mentality behind like, I need to get on stage and smile and perform in front of 2000 people every single night, regardless of how I'm actually feeling. So like mm -hmm. coming into this, I was like, I need to know, first of all, like I prepared myself mentally, physically, emotionally, like all the things during the pandemic. I was like, I knew I was coming to Paris the entire, mm. the entirety of COVID. So I spent that whole time training as hard as I could spending time with people that like lifted me up so much and like was just as excited for me to move to Paris as I was like yeah. um, shared interest in like knowing what I was doing and what I was preparing for like whatever also spending just quality time with people that I knew I wasn't going to be spending quality time with when I was here the whole shabam so moving to Paris I was very very physically mentally and emotionally ready for this after two years of doing that and right. when I got here I was like okay time to turn things on I've been preparing for this for two years I know how strong I am I know how capable I am I'm like meant to be here like I would have to do like these self conversations with myself all the time just yeah. to this as everybody did going back into the work whatever the, world, the real world the real world yeah we'd like give ourselves a little pep talk we're like okay it's time to turn yeah. it back on but yeah. i had to do that in a new a totally new culture country job whatever life mm -hmm. and uh when i did that like my main thing was like chris and i fed off of each other like when we were training together he was like mm -hmm. i'm such a star like that was like his thing oh. he was like i am a star and i was like i actually really like that like it's it's cool because it's not like i'm like amazing right like it wasn't like generic if that's if that's what i'm trying to say no it was like a sense of knowing that there is literally no dream too big yes and, and it's not yes. even a dream that's the reality it's like i'm a star yeah and he would yeah he, i've always put it here and there like when we were like dancing or whatever or, like we'd choreograph something really good for like an upcoming like workshop we were doing online or something and he would choreograph it and I would be there for moral support. And he was like, God, that is so good. I, like, we're such stars. And I was like, such a cool, like, cool way of saying it. And then anyways, when I moved to Paris, it was just like such a good feeling having that. I would like mm -hmm. reiterate to myself, like sometimes in the mirror, sometimes just like when I was walking to work, I'd be like, I am such a star. Like I said, the past two years training so hard. I finally here, I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing all the things. And then like, I would literally like, before I went on stage, I had this like, from my opening night, my very opening night, I'd put like the pins in my high bun before I go on stage and I'd like stare at myself in the mirror. And I was like, damn, I was like, I actually did that. Like I am a star and I'd go on stage, I'd do a show, I'd come back and I'd be like, I just reflect on it. And I was like, wow, like I'm so impressed with myself and I'd like give myself the credit I deserved and whatever. It was just a very healthy Ugh. mindset. And come uh, a year into my contract, I was like, I feel like I need to put this on my body. I was like, I need, like a reminder of this because of like how good, how good of a mentality I had starting something new and like have flourished in that. And it's like only helped me like grow and succeed and like move up in the company if anything. And I just, yeah. I really wanted a reminder of that always to just obviously never forget it. So I literally yeah. got a tattoo on my wrist. So when I'm doing my hair in the mirror, I can like see the star. You can see it. I have like full body chills from like everything you're saying because I no, don't. because I think like 
again, I've been having this conversation with so many people lately and also kind of living it myself of like remembering your why, like remembering your desire, remembering you are worthy, remembering that like nothing is out of your reach. The only thing that is limiting you is your own mindset. Like I have these conversations regularly, but they've been really, and I think also the come, come new year, people feel like this immense amount of pressure to like be a changed person. Um, but I just like love everything you're saying because like you are the human embodiment of somebody who has been doing those things and like, look at your life. Like, and I think that's like, and it's very easy for people to look at someone and be like, oh, well, she's tall and pretty and blonde. So, and she can point her feet and can hold a beat. So like naturally, and like people are really quick to, to discount or say like, oh, well, her, maybe her family had money and could help her or like, or any, you know, like version of their own narratives that prevent them from living their fullest and best existence. But like, it has nothing to do with that. Like, I will say this, like, I didn't come from tons. I wasn't like living on the street. Like my mom did her best for me, but like, I didn't come from a ton from tons. And I know people look at my life and be like, well, she must have money or she must this. I'm like, no bitch, I created this. And like, there are people that are far worse off than I ever was, or you and I would ever be that have created lives even more magical than ours at this point. Yeah. Like there is truly nothing stopping you other than yourself. And I just fucking live for this energy of just yeah. like surrounding yourself with like the most epic cheerleaders that truly believe the sky's the limit while fundamentally being the biggest cheerleader for yourself. Like exactly. normalize, normalize telling yourself how fucking awesome you are every single day. Exactly. I could yeah. not say it better. You know, um, I do want to talk about talking about being awesome and doing things. You just launched a business on top of being like, can you tell, can you tell all of our listeners about ready Freddie and like how, like how it was created, why it was created? Yeah. So recently, the past year, um, one of my closest friends here in Paris and myself, mm -hmm. we kind of had an idea. Um, going back, we when I started in here living in Paris, one of the biggest things that people were wearing like backstage rather than like I bought I brought a robe with me from home because the natural thing right. in a dressing room at any show or theater is like you wear your robe while you're getting ready you do mm -hmm. like a little warm-up maybe put like your activewear right. on to do your warm-up and then whatever but when I got here all these girls had these cool like one piece jumpers and they were mm. like super cozy super oversized um something you could just like easily slip on there's no buttons or zippers or anything it's just like the most standard one piece thing and what i had learned is like these are really popular like once i did some digging because i was like i want one of these because i was wearing my yeah. robe and i felt like i was like i'm not in a part of the group right now like i need to get one of these cool one piece things and i went to yeah. go find one and i could not figure out where i buy one for the life of me like i typed in every variation of like cozy one piece like there's a specific style it's two straps mm -hmm that go over your shoulder that are about an inch thick. They're elastic. There's elastic across the top, like just across like your bust. And yeah. then it just, it's oversized all the way down to the ground and it's long and it's comfortable and very practical for a dancer that needs to be in something cozy yeah. and warm, but also warm up in something that's got legs to it. So it was very needed. And I went to go find where I could buy one online, could not find it for the life of me. I asked the girls where they got it and they basically just like, mentioned to me that like in the Australian in the Australian mm -hmm. dance scene it's a very popular thing so I went to like all these Australian dance shops online and I found versions of them but like they mm -hmm. either had like belts or like zippers or buttons or like were really tight or like not long enough and like they just weren't good and I was like okay yeah. I understand where the inspiration of this came from it's a thing and the closest thing I can like tell you what it is it's like it's like overalls it's like comfortable overalls and yeah, they're like it's like a cup of like overall onesie. It's so freaking cute. Yeah, and I would have loved to have that when I was dancing. Yeah, it, that was the other thing. It was super cute, and I was like, it looks comfortable. It looks cute. Whatever. Um, so I asked these girls where they got it, and they basically just said it was like something that was made by like some of the dressers at work recreated this idea of this this one that one girl had at one point that her mom made, and then moms that could sew were making them, and like it was just something that like I couldn't go and get myself. I was like, okay, well now I'm just going to have to find somebody to make me one of these. So yeah. luckily one of like, my dressers at work helped sew one up for me and it was great. And it was super good for the past year. But I was like, this is needs to be a thing. Like the yeah. fact that I have been digging for one of these for the past like six months 
cannot find it for the life of me. Can't find one that I actually want nor will fit me properly. Um, is an issue. And I was like, this is a huge hole in the You're market. Like, I'm going to make this a brand. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I need to do this. So at the time I was kind of dabbling with TikTok, and I had just kind of started and whatever. And I, I had one video that had kind of gone viral. It was just like a day in the life, whatever. And, um, one of my good friends here in Paris kind of also did the same, but she did more of the TikTok side of things. That was like trendy dances. Whereas mine right. was a little bit more talking to the camera. So we had two different like TikTok type accounts going and yeah. she had accumulated quite a following and, um, so she just had this idea of starting this business together and we decided to run with it. And after a year of kind of piecing how we were going to make this work and how it was going to play out and if it was even going to be able to be become a thing or where we sell it or how we sell it and where we get it made and all the things we figured it out together. And we spent almost every single day of the week during the day working on this brand. And then at night we'd go and dance and then we'd just do it all again the next day and never really took a break just because we really enjoyed working together so much and just kind of chasing after something we thought was a great idea. And, and here uh, we are. <laughs> and here we are. We launched it December 1st and the brand is called Ready Freddy because um, when you're going places or doing something, you always see like, oh, you're ready, Freddy. It's kind of off of that. And they're cute and they're adorable. And I'm not even kidding, guys. I went to I went to buy one like a week after and they're all freaking sold out. So <laughs> again, it go I'm just it's like all full circle back to that energy of like, yes, I can. Exactly. Like it's like and yeah. I will. And it's already mine. It's like, you just were like, well, we're going to make this and it's going to be a thing. I'm sure that like yeah. the TikTok followings help, but it doesn't matter. Like who cares? You're, you're doing it. Like it's, yep. it's incredible. I'm like, just again, uh, like just so in awe and again, inspired by you and to have watched you watch the continuation of your journey since the soul cycle days has just been like so incredibly magical. And I know that like, uh, we haven't like really truth be told it's since soul. Well, actually no, when we filmed the Mila Kunis movie together, we had <laughs> our little, like we, yeah, that's the first time, uh, last time I saw you, we were, in a, we were, we were, um, we were the feet. Uh, we were the running feet and background bodies in uh, a Netflix film with Mila Kunis. Yes, we did meet her. Yeah. She's very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh, apart from that, that was the last time I saw you. And then you were like off and I was off and, yeah. but it's just been so amazing to like, again, be like that silent support. Like every time, again, when I see you or I see Chris, which by the way, we've talked about Chris a lot. He is coming on the podcast, everybody. You'll get to meet him. He's fabulous. Um, it's just been like the silent support where I'm like, even though I don't talk to you, it's like, that's my people. I'm like, no, no. Like that's like, it's just been yeah. amazing to watch you. I'm kind of like rambling, but that's what I do. Oh, um, thank you so much. It's been so, so cool. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited to see what you do next. Um, I really am. I'm <laughs> the sky's the limit with you, but I have a question for you. I have two questions actually, and this is very unrelated to anything we've talked about. And it's the divine okay. whining way. Uh, first question in your spare time, what are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> uh, YouTube. YouTube. Big... You're the second YouTuber. Okay. I'm a big YouTube junkie. I must admit, okay. I haven't logged into my Netflix account in like maybe two and a half years. I don't think. Wow. You should cancel um, that subscription. <laughs> I, yeah, it's my parents. So we'll just we'll leave it to them. But yeah, I, I'm one of those people I don't think I'll ever subscribe to another streaming service. I don't. Really? Yeah, I'm not. Okay. I'm, I can't pay attention for that long. And okay. I find my go-to is like, I love... <laughs> I love watching people do amazing things that are real people. Like I love going. I say, what is your YouTube? What are we YouTubing? But that's clearly what I it is. I'm watching. Every, I'm watching everything from people like building their own sailboat to like sailing the world. Love that for oh. them. I'm watching people that like are more like me. <laughs> I'm not building a sailboat, but like more like me, where they're dancing professionally and showing their life behind the scenes. I love watching how people are doing that. Um, but in different ways, some people are on cruise ships Some people are like, I don't know, in Australia doing something crazy, like whatever it may be. Um, I watch literally everything. It just, it just has to spark my interest and got to be under 20 minutes and I will click on the, the video. You're um, like expansive, 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 which is like exactly yeah. why your life mirrors that. Oh, like that's why you. no no it, it is literally why it's like you you said at the very beginning and i'm going to keep hitting like hammering this home because it is the truth and i feel like it's a, mess a message that everybody needs right now is that like it is truly the sky is the limit the reason your your um heroes were not local was because you needed to see people where they've created these essentially fantasy lives and to know that it yeah. is very achievable and very attainable yeah i um, just i love 
I can find like weirdly like a relaxation in watching that because I'm like, oh, they're doing something amazing. And then I like, my brain goes off while I'm watching it to be like, oh, maybe I could like dabble in something like in my own way or like, I don't know. It's just like, it's cool because it keeps- No, I get it. I understand. You were like, I want inspiring content. Yeah, Yeah. no, I get it. Um, Before I forget, I do need to tell you um, because you talked about being obsessed with Shania Twain. So when I was younger, so I grew up like living in Deer, Deerhurst Resort, which is where she used to perform before she okay. met her husband who ultimately took her off into yes. her career. So I, my mom worked, so she, so basically Shania at the time was Eileen Twain and which okay. I'm sure you might be familiar with. Um, yes. And at the time she worked at what was called the Sing Show, like the Deerhurst Sing Show, which is essentially like, yeah. their, it was when stage shows were like a big part of resort life. And well, I mean, they still are in certain places, but at Deerhurst, they had, I think they might even still have it. Um, but she was in it. And I, uh, my mom was the seamstress for the show. So I remember rummaging through some of my mom's old costumes and stuff. And there's like, I have, I think two or three pieces that literally are tagged Eileen Twain that were like hers. God, I am (laughs) first of all, so jealous to, it's such a small world. Like it is such a small world. And I just think overall, the day Shania Twain comes to watch me at the show, I will have made it. <laughs> oh, you're going to, no, no, no. We're, no. I just, I feel like intuitively, I feel like it's going to be more than you just, more than her just watching you at the show. I think she's going to come to the show after she knows you. Uh, let's hope. I, I, no, I, no I, I feel it. I feel like she's going to be like, I'm going to go see my girly perform. Like, I just feel like you're going to meet her in a different way. I just, I oh. know this for you. Um, okay. Yeah. Last question. Okay. This is, this is the nice one. I love this quote. This, this is the only two plain questions in the show. Uh, the last question is tell me something divine about your week. Ooh. Um, Divine about this week, I actually just got back from a little mother-daughter trip to London and it was good for the heart is all I have to say. Like it, mother-daughter time to me, like I said, I'm really close with my mom. So we spend a lot of time when we can together. And obviously now me living in Paris, she lives back home in our little small town, Woodstock. She travels to Paris, I would say four to five times a year, which is amazing. And yeah. we're able to just, I really try to like make those t- that short amount of time whenever she is visiting memorable. So we always try to make a little trip here and there. And one of our favorite things is watching theater. Um, I know you're mm-hmm. a big musical theater fan as well. So like going to the theater with my mom is like just so good for my soul. So divine about my week is just, we were in London for 48 hours and we saw four shows. <laughs> so- four shows. Oh, wait, I, I know you saw Mamma Mia and I know you saw Book of Mormon and I was like, yes. Oh, you saw like the, the Mamma Mia like experience though. We did. Like the dinner saw, experience. We did. It was amazing. If anybody's ever going to London, a must. Um, it's called <laughs> Mamma Mia the Party. It was so good. Um, we did that. We went to see Book of Mormon, which is like my third or fourth time seeing that show. And I, I love that show. It. It's so funny. I It's, it's so my favorite. I really love it. Um, and then... Um, we went to see Moulin Rouge on West End. So it's, I'm in Moulin Rouge, the actual cabaret in Paris. So it's like a show, I guess, based on the movie, which is a story based on my- Ah, uh, it's a musical that they did. Like the actual musical. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it's Familiar. like the exact same story as the movie. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. our show is like dancing and singing and just random- Your show is what the movie is based on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's cool. And it was amazing. The cast is- so incredibly talented it was maybe one of my favorite shows i've ever seen um oh. and then we also went to see the tina turner show oh, cool. Uh, cool west end as well which was it's very talked about and raved about so it was good it was a really I good yeah it was a really good part of my week for sure that i mean that is incredibly divine mom time theater shows little <laughs> trip to little trip to london town like that you can't you really can't get much more divine than that but i'm gonna say it again who created this life you did you're like i know (laughs) all right my love ali you are the freaking best i have just loved talking to you i i'm gonna have to come have you back on when you announce the book um and for anybody that is listening where can they find you follow you all of the things yes so my tiktok instagram usernames are the exact same um, just Ali Goodbun, one word. 
you can find me there. I post on TikTok every single day, more so behind the scenes, my daily life, uh, life as a professional dancer, business owner, Canadian girl living in Paris, you name it, we talk about it. So that's kind of my platform I'm most active on. And then I'm posting Instagram stories usually throughout every single day and then posting a little bit more of a curated portfolio on Instagram as well. So um, her content's her- great. And it's Allie, A-L-L-I-E, by the way, for those that are listening, A-L-L-I-E, yes. good bun. One of 18 versions, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of Ready Freddy, where can people shop? I'll put it in the show notes though, if people want to go yes. and also they can find it through you, but. You can shop my cozy one piece onesie jumpers, however you want to describe it, at www.readyfreddyshop.com. And it's Freddy. And Freddy is IE, correct? Yes. And Ready's with a Y? Ready's with a Y. Okay, great. I wasn't sure if we were going for like the double spelling on both, but yeah, readyfreddy.com. Amazing. My dear, I love you. Thank you so much for being on the pod. Those that are listening, share it, subscribe, send us some feedback. Nice, nice uh, ratings only though. Okay. Cause we're only high vibration people over here. <laughs> you got something bad to say, go in my DMS <laughs> and I'll still send you love and light <laughs> on that note guys. Divine whining out. <laughs>